All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Now oh, the con man. I like it. Con's been uh, building up his uh, music library here at Sports 1440. That is a great song, buddy. Oof. She could have the real deep voice like that guy too. Let's get down. Let's get down. Pit business. Yeah, it's not uh, not nearly as deep as his either, but it is uh, is pretty good. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. What do you think about the Jays tonight? What's the uh, line there, PlayAlberta.ca con man for the uh, for the Jays, who of course uh, really kind of manhandled the Yankees in their uh, first two games. Although it was a real pitcher's duel through six innings last night. And then the Jays took over in uh, innings eight and nine, scoring five runs and uh, winning six to one. But uh, I would think a strong favorite again tonight or maybe not. They, they haven't been huge favorites in the games. Well, I believe uh, Garrett Cole's pitching for the Yankees. So the Jays are actually dogs tonight. Ooh. Plus 119 over Ooh. under set at six and a half. So... Mm. Might have to uh, might have to look at something for our uh, little game. Also, uh, Thursday nighter where uh, the Duke Brandon Douglas out in Fort Saskatchewan brew house tonight. So uh, if you're out in Fort Sask, go say hi to the Duke. Talk some football with him. You won't be disappointed. He'll probably even buy you a beer. So win win for you, uh, Jason Greger, alongside uh, Terry Ryan today. Uh, Tr, uh, we got a few more uh, text to get to. Uh, to you uh, on the show today. Um, you, you've talked about your training camp battles uh, early on. Now that you're older, do you like, do you watch preseason closer because you were a guy who was like preseason was your time to really scrap and claw? Or do you understand that preseason just for for like, I don't know, there's really only on good teams maybe one or two spots open, right? Like bad teams are different. Bad teams like, 
Montreal, Anaheim, there's probably way more spots open, right? So how do you view it as a guy who, you know, had to grind it out for a lot of those preseasons? It's another great question. Um, I'm intrigued by it. It's a time of year that uh, a lot of careers are made and broken. You know, they really are. And uh, we've got enough Newfoundland flavor the last few years. I always pay attention to most of the players that I skate with and against in the summer here. And uh, even if I don't skate with them, I mean, for the most part, they're all around. But, you know, I pay attention to the Newfoundlanders. I feel that I was one of the um, first to go. So, you know, I guess I don't want to use the word trailblazer. That's not what I'm saying. But definitely one of the first. I think it opened the doors for a lot of players after me, like Michael Ryder, Harold Drukin, Party, Ryan Klo. They came right after, and a lot of it was just because no one was here scouting. Yeah. So for that reason, I do feel a part of it. I, I love the energy all year that, uh, you know, the buzz in Newfoundland for the players away. You might get a huge Habs fan, but when Boston won the Cup and Ryder was on there, they were at the party, you know, like there's a <laughs> level of that. Newfoundland is like one big hometown. Right. Uh, so that being said, Alex Newhook, Dawson Mercer, the latest uh, – first round picks uh, that are really, really doing well. I'm, I'm intrigued by those guys. So I always pay attention. Some teams a little more than others. You're right though. Unless it's someone that I have interest in, like the boys, I'm paying attention to the, to the teams that are making a run for it. Generally, other than the, the names that Chicago signed and the fact they have Bedard, I don't really know the rest of the team. You know, I'm sure I even Calgary flames. I saw they got some young guys at camp that are really intriguing uh, to, to vying for their last spots. Uh, I just usually don't know about it till camp. So for me, as a fan and as, I guess now you could say, you know, member of the media, do have my own podcast, Tales with TR. Um, <laughs> I... I, I I pay attention and I get caught up in the energy. Yes, I do. Yeah, uh, I like a good little plug there. How come you? Where's your, I'm waiting for your tails with Tr hat to uh, to come out on the pod. So, uh, oh, he's got it backwards. There you go. He's I even wearing it. See, asking. Oh, oh, oh yeah. the, Holy cow! You got the hat and the hoodie. So uh, we actually. Oh yeah, you can get them on my uh, on my Instagram platform right there. The links. Oh nice. Right on my homepage. Nice. And uh, we're a week away from uh, season number two for Shorzy. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. Um, like I said, we like when we go up and shoot it, we read the script, but we we do it out of order. So I've I just noticed they had a new preview there today, and I watched it, and uh, it's just you know it make it <clears throat> unlike like I don't sit there and read my own books or like watch my old game tapes, but with this I feel it's something I'm part of that somebody else writes, and I can feel just a little bit guilty, but I can laugh when I watch it because okay. a it was so fun. But, again, we shoot it out of order, yeah. right? So, uh, you know, and the hockey stuff we'll all do, like, in a month, and then we'll go back. And so sometimes we're doing something a month later, and the first part of the scene, you know, like I said, happened a month before that. So, hmm. you know, it, it's almost like putting the pieces of the puzzle together and, uh, you know, n knowing what's coming kind of spoils it a little bit, but it's always funny. So I've, I've got my wife to watch it, and it's so funny because she's like, I can't stand Shorzy's voice. Like, what the hell? Like, Why did Kelso yeah. choose to talk like that? You'd have to ask him. You know, it's a great yeah. question. Well, we gotta get, know, when, know, you get him, when are we getting him on the show? He doesn't do these. He doesn't do a lot of podcasts. You notice he doesn't have any social media. He doesn't yeah. do podcasts. He's yeah. like Robert oh. De Niro in the yeah. early 80s. But he, he could like, say yes to Hitch, I'm pretty sure. No, I, I didn't. I honestly, I asked him. I'm serious. He's a really good friend. I talked to Jared five times a week. Um, 
really it's just great. But I asked him, he said, no, I don't do those. But and, you know, he gave me his reasons. I won't elaborate, <laughs> go into his business. But no, right. he, he literally doesn't do any. If you look, he did one with Tom Power like four years ago. Yeah. But he doesn't. And he just he, 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 a lot of people ask him and he he uh, give, turns them on to us. You know, I'll get my my phone will go off. And hey, Jared Kiso doesn't want to do this. Do you want to? And he loves that because he figures we can promote our own stuff and everything. It's not a selfish move. Yeah, yeah, no, but, that's uh, fair. He changes his voice because, you know, I don't I don't know that he would if Wayne on Letterkenny wasn't already established. Okay, but he's got to be different than a guy that he looks exactly like on another show. And, fair point. You know, for, so it started on Letterkenny when you like you wouldn't see his face. It was yeah. Part of the joke, those that, that watch Letterkenny, is that, you know, you never really sh- saw Shorzy's face. They'd allude to it. Um, kind of like the buddy on Tim, the tool man, Taylor. Remember the neighbor? You never saw his face over the fence. Yeah. It was ca- kind of, kind of, you know, and you're in on the joke. But, you know, he had to kind of differentiate somehow, and he only had audio to do it because there was no face. Not like you could add makeup or anything. Shorzy had to be different than Wayne, and all he had was the vocals. So I think that's why it's so different. Hey, Greg's, I'm really liking the YouTube version. Keep rocking those glasses. Uh, my question is, uh, uh, Terry Ryan is a great co-host. Uh, will we hear Gazzola anymore? Uh, you know what? I asked Tiny Tom, but uh, uh, not right now. So uh, me and uh, me and TG, we uh, had a lengthy chat today. So uh, we'll see. Down the road, you never know, but uh, not right now. We have uh, we have our lineup set. The only two guys who haven't, uh, no, Mike Rupp did make an appearance in the first week, but Mike Rupp, Craig Button will be our regulars on uh, Fridays and uh, Wednesdays coming up uh, starting next week. Kevin Woodley will also be back starting on Monday as uh, they're just waiting. Uh, they got you know give it a little extra time off, and then they will be back throughout the entire season. When we come back, hey, it is rare that you could have a team that could drop 35 points in the standings and still be a playoff team. That's what the Boston Bruins could have. Like, would anybody be stunned if the Bruins are a 100-point team this year instead of 135? No. Like, 100-point teams, that's really good. And you're a 100-point team, that's pretty solid. But they're going to go from 135. They lost Bergeron. They lost Krejci. They traded Hall. They moved on from Flea. Like, they made a lot of changes. They announced Brad Marchand as their captain. They still got both their goalies. They added Orloff on the blue line. They should be good. But how good? And who's going to play center? We will go to Boston next as we continue our uh, preseason preview around the NHL. Fluto Shinzawa will join Jason Greger and Terry Ryan on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 and live on Orders Nation. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. YouTube, next. Jason Greger. Connor Halley. Terry Ryan with you on a busy uh, Thursday. Of course, uh, Training camps across the National Hockey League officially underway today. You will have a preseason game starting Saturday. And Oiler fans, open practice this coming Saturday. On the ice at 10, the scrimmage goes at 11 o'clock. That's where really I think you want to be there for. So I would shoot to be there, you know, 10, 15, somewhere around there, 10, 30. Probably a good time to arrive. And you know what? Uh, you can get in the lower bowl. Watch the game. Should be a lot of fun. Well, scrimmage, I should call it. Uh, it's not a game. It's a scrimmage. But for some people, some kids, man, you get up close like that, it's quite the thrill. So you can do that on Saturday. Let's go around the NHL now, brought to you by McDonald's. And to me, it's one of the most intriguing teams to look at. It's rare to see this much change from a top contending team. Around the NHL is brought to you by McDonald's and the Tasty Breakfast Trio. Sausage, chicken McMuffin. Sausage or chicken McGriddles with a hash brown and a small premium roast coffee for only $5 plus tax right now at McDonald's. As we welcome in longtime beat reporter for the uh, Boston Bruins, Fluto Shinzawa, joins uh, Jason Greger and uh, Terry Ryan. And Fluto, this is probably unlike any other offseason you've had covering this team because uh, they were really good last year, record-breakingly good. I think a record that's going to be extremely difficult to break but, man, they lost a lot of real good pieces. They've got some dead cap space because of the bonus overages. I guess let's start with no Bergeron and no Krejci. How thin is the center ice position in the top six in Boston to start the season? Yeah, that's that's really the biggest limitation that they have is that for so long, geez, Bergeron drafted 2003, Krejci drafted 2004. This was just such a constant for them for the organization for so long that of course they were they they knew that the the expiration dates were coming but it's just so hard for them um and they they had some misses in terms of young guys that they tried to draft and develop and now the bill has come due it's okay pavel zaka uh, who's played left wing most of his career uh, did a really nice job for them on the second line um, last year with David Krejci and David Pasternak, okay, well, now he's probably your first-line center. So not only are you moving him up a line, but he's moving to a, a really hard position that has a lot of demands on it. Um, Charlie Coyle, very, very good number three center for the Bruins ever since he came from Minnesota. Has he ever been a number two? They've tried, and it hasn't worked. And now they have no choice because he's he's it. He's their second-line center. 
after that. And, and let's not forget that they they lost Tomas Nosek, who was a very good fourth line center. So three out of four guys in the middle that they're they're without. So uh, yeah, they're they're scratching their heads in terms of what comes in after Zaka and Coyle. But as as we hear every GM and every coach in the league, well. This is this is your opportunity. This is if you belong in the NHL, they're going to make room. So, uh, yeah, in in my time since I've been covering, this is this is as wide open as as the roster gets. It's uh, plenty of chances for jobs for guys. So, there's their goaltending still very good. I think their defense might have got even better with the addition of uh, Orloff. That's obviously the strength of the team. And the other big news, of course, is Brad Marchand is the captain. Now, he learned a lot from Bergeron, but he's a very different personality, Fluto. How do you uh, how do you think he's going to handle having the captaincy? Fine, fine. I think Brad's going to be a ter- tremendous captain. Uh, he, he's been pretty much co-captain with Patrice for these last three years. That Patrice was the captain. Um, yes, uh, as you noted, a very different personality than Patrice. I think one of Patrice's biggest strengths was really looking outward in terms of being aware of the room, what the needs were, how guys were doing, how they were, if they were doing well, if they're not doing well. He was really keen about knowing when guys needed a pick-me-up or uh, a pat on the back or, or whatever. And, and Brad's just not, that's, that's not who he is necessarily. Uh, he, is, he is a very outgoing person, very witty, very, very uh, personable, but in terms of being wired that way, it's just not in his personality. Let's face it, he was a former third-round pick and came in as a fourth liner, and then next thing you know, he's perhaps the best all-around left wing in the game. And that's a, a, a person who willed himself into that kind of elite, elite status. Well, now he has to worry about 22 other guys. Um, so well, that, that will be a work in progress. But in terms of his leadership style, nobody, not Patrice, not Zdeno Chara, nobody has worked harder uh, on the ice, uh, in practice, nobody likes to practice against Brad. So that will be his style, that he's going to do that thing and everybody else will fall in line. Um, and he's, he's going to be a go-to player. He's healthy, he's, he's, he's uh, feeling good. Um, I think he's going to be tremendous. Fluto, one player that I've had my eye on for a couple of years is Trent Frederick, a big guy, first-rounder, 25 now, has been in the league for a few years. Last year showed real strides. What are the expectations for that guy this season? Yeah, that, that's a player that could really be perhaps uh, among the tops on the roster in terms of, first of all, opportunity and the potential of taking that step forward. Um, I, I remember looking at his stats. He, he had career highs. I don't, I don't remember exactly how many goals and assists he had, but it was all within a pretty limited role, uh, mostly as your third-line right wing for the Bruins. He, he averaged something like 11-something per game, no power play, no special teams, um, and he can play center. Yeah, that's, that's where he, he was raised in terms of, of junior and, and Wisconsin and, and his American League career, but they like him on the wing. Um, they like that he can control pucks. He has a really good shot. Now the question is, okay, he was a very good third line, third line right wing. Can he be a top six wing? 
I think there's hope there, but that's, that's hope. There's, there's no real solid projection in terms of, okay, we can project Jake DeBrus to be a 25-30 goal scorer. We can project Brad to do his thing. We can project David Pasternak to be 60-plus goals. You can't do the same thing with Trent Frederick because he, he's never done that. Uh, they've, they've never really needed him to do that. Well, now they need him to, but he, he's got tools, big, mean, uh, pretty good hands, uh, not necessarily quick, but doesn't back down from a lot of guys. So there, there's a lot of good parts in Trent's game. But, yeah, uh, 25 years old, former first-round pick, this is this is his time to really take that next step. And I, I don't know if they're they're in trouble if he doesn't, but the, the other choices for top six wing, they, they just don't bring that kind of package that Trent does. Yeah, and obviously I misspoke when I said Orloff. He signed in Carolina, obviously not in Boston, so uh, my apologies on that one. Um, looking at the uh, the Bruins, they've got some interesting names. Uh, you know, they brought Milan Lucic back. He's obviously going to play a different role than he did when he was in his heyday in Boston. I don't see him playing on the on the top line uh, anymore. Probably a fourth line energy guy, and that's you know that's what he's getting paid a million bucks. Alex Chason might be the greatest. PTO player in NHL history as far as getting a PTO and then turning it into an actual NHL contract. Both him and Danton Heinen are on PTOs. Is there room for one or both of them realistically? Um, I would say yes. Uh, Alex was talking about that the other day, that he goes in on a PTO and has the best he has the best goal, goals, I think 22 goals yeah. that year that he was in on a PTO. Uh, now he's 32, and we know Alex's history that he's when he's not scoring goals, what else does he bring to the table? Um, so there's that, that he's going to have to be a consistent goal scorer. Now they do have uh, needs at right wing. It really drops off after after David Pasternak. Now Jake DeBrus could play right side, which he did for most of last year. Um, but that's that's not uh, we don't know if that's going to be his ultimate position. After that, uh, they they got this kid Fabian myself uh, or first round pick in 2021, but he might not be ready. Um, so there's there's certainly a window there for Alex to do his thing, but it's just you worry about the the legs, the the, the quickness, and then what are, what other things can he do? That's never been the issue for Denton Heinen. Um, he, he's back for for a second time. Uh, he, he was in his first time as a Bruin. He was very versatile, very uh, reliable. Played on all four lines, left, right. PK, a little bit of power play, not not an offensive guy, but a good skater, has a history with Jim Montgomery in college. So I would give Dan a little bit more of an edge in terms of getting a job um, than than Alex, just because of the the multi-tool aspect of his game. Um, so we'll see. Um, but clearly, they they saw that a, a need for at least competition for those spots. Um, so uh, we'll see. Good luck to both of them. Pluto. Oh, go ahead, TR. Yeah. Oh, sorry, did I cut you off there? No, go ahead, buddy. Um, the the uh, Bruins were so good last year. I mean, record-setting good. And they were solid in goal, obviously. One guy that got lost in the shuffle a little bit who had great stats in the minors is Brandon Bussey. What can you tell us about that guy? Big guy. Uh, catches right. Undrafted. Um, yeah, there's there they a lot to like. They 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 like him a lot. Um, there's 
there's size. He's, he's, I think he's six five. He looks bigger mm-hmm. than Linus, who's six five. Um, he's quick. He's coachable. A lot to like there, but he, he could stop every puck in camp, and it wouldn't matter. He's going back to the American League. Um, now there's uh, there's there's certainly potential there. And Allmark, he got he got hurt last year. Yeah. Um, at the end of the regular season, he wasn't himself in the playoffs. Swayman had a knee injury, so there's always there's always that risk. Um, so if, but this is a position of strength for the for the Bruins, probably their biggest. Um, they're going to lean on Linus and, and Jeremy big time. Um, this year, and they were best in show last year. So, if one of those guys goes down, uh, yes, Brandon, the, he'll be first in line up up from the American League. But will he necessarily play in that situation? Let's just say somebody tweaks a groin and he's out for a couple of weeks. Well, either Linus or Jeremy will will be asked to carry the mail for that stretch. But yes, Brandon, there's 25 years old. There's there's something there there for sure. So that's why Swayman didn't play. Because it didn't make sense to me when I looked at Boston's rotation all year long. I think it was like sometime in early November, the last time that uh, either one of their goalies played more than two consecutive games. So Swayman's knee was that bad that, you know, or or is that, I hate to say, is that kind of an excuse? Because if there's one thing I look at without that series, I was a little perplexed. And not that Olmark's bad, but they got to the playoffs in the greatest record of all time by literally rotating their goaltenders. Yeah, that was a horrible decision. Horrible. Um, but you can you can say the buck stops with the coach, but I'm sure a lot of uh, bosses had some input on that one, and and they blew it. Yeah. They blew it. That not only was Linus. Uh, yeah, we'll go back to Jeremy. Yeah, he was injured. I think he missed about three weeks or so. Keith Kincaid came up. He might have gotten in one game, um, but Linus. Yeah, he was he was a the man there. That's the only reason why they went away from the rotation. It worked so well, and then you scrap it for the most important games. Okay, I understand. This is this is the way it's been done. It's, it's always okay. You pace the goalies through the regular season, and and Linus was not clearly, but he was he was better than than Jeremy, and of course he should get first crack. But then, hey, why do you not? Stick with what you yeah. what got you there in terms of the rotation, and then but then B when you know A he's hurt, and then every signal was was flashing red on the dashboard in terms of Linus not being himself, yeah. and it was way too late. That was you, they put Swayman in a terrible position in, in Game Seven. Linus was 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 not himself in Game Six. He was not himself before. Uh, they should have made that switch a lot easier, a lot sooner. Hey, what's wrong with Okay, the Bruins won Game One with with Allmark. What is wrong with with going with Swayman in Game Two and just sticking with it the whole way? I, I think there will come a time um, when when some team will just say, "Hey, this is this is the way it is. Yeah. It's the way it has worked." These are we, we all know how stressful these games are with how offensive minded teams are. Um, that this is the way that, that we're, we're going to have success is to rotate. Um, Bruins were in the right position to do that. They didn't, and that, that was one uh, probably probably the biggest reason why they didn't win around. And uh, lastly, you know the Trent Frederick story uh, intrigued me because he had such a breakout season for him last year. If I look at any of the Bruins players, because there's clearly going to be more opportunities for some guys in the lineup this year than there was, just because you know Taylor Hall's gone and Bergeron's gone and Krejci's gone and you know Felino's gone. Uh, is Morgan Geeky the the easy obvious answer to you, or do you see someone else who could have a breakout season for the Bruins? No, that's a good one. Um, just because Morgan. Um, I, I'm sure he was 
he was uh, caught unaware when when Seattle didn't qualify him um, at, at that age. And yeah. there's there's certainly some potential there that um, well, I think he was 11, 12 minutes per game last year, a pretty limited role. But yeah, absolutely, that third-line center role is wide open. And that looks like it's his, or at least he's going to get first crack at that. And that's, that's a pretty good opportunity for Morgan because he'll be out there for face-offs. He'll be out there on the kill. Uh, I would expect his ice time, if, if all goes well, and they follow that coil model to be in the – the 15 to 17 minute range okay. and yeah he's, he's a big man uh has some touch uh absolutely things are lining up for for morgan geeky to be uh to take that next step fluto we appreciate the rundown enjoy the preseason we'll talk to you throughout the year okay guys thanks jason Jerry, my pleasure you bet that's fluto shinzawa really nice guy man one of the nicest guys you'll meet uh covering the beats around the NHL and hey Tara you had brought it up uh, last week and we were like why did the you know don't change it if it's not you know don't fix it if it's not broken right and and I think that's what Boston did a little bit they all thought themselves in the playoffs like we had the best record I would be like guys I would have sat down with both goalies and said we got here to have the greatest record in NHL history because neither one of you played more than two games in a row and a lot of times it was back and forth we're going to continue to do that it's funny how sometimes, right, someone second-guessed it, then it gets, little idea gets in your head, and yeah, but now the playoffs are different, but let's do this, let's do that. You could just see it backfiring. Yeah. You could just watch it unravel as a fan. You knew it, and uh, it was too little too late. Then they started scrambling. That was intriguing. The, the, everything about the Boston Bruins last year, including that collapse, were intriguing to me. I just couldn't believe it. TR? Thank you so much for uh, stepping in and taking some time out. I know you got a busy day with the uh, the charity golf tournament. Uh, go have some dinner. We thank you for coming in a little bit earlier, and uh, we will see you on Monday where there will be lots of preseason action. Well, not a lot, but some to discuss. Of course, the orders are taking on the Winnipeg Jets on Sunday and then on Monday as well. So uh, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you on Monday. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Edmonton. I'll catch you guys on the rebound. That is Terry Ryan, our weekly Monday and Thursday co-host uh when we come back uh livingston will be joining us we also have doug Waite and a special guest coming up around 4 20 today on the jason greger show on sports 1440 and oilers youtube channel presented by play thursday afternoon flying by welcome back to the uh, jason greger show on sports 1440 also watching live on oilers nation youtube appreciate it Lots of comments coming in there on the text line, 833-401-1440. It's time for our weekly uh, Thursday chat. We'd like to uh, speed things up in the racing report brought to you by Cantorque. They've continued developing tools and are excited to announce their newest design, battery-powered nut runners. Four models from 500 to 3,000 foot-pounds with more on the way. Go to Cantorque. Dot com as uh, Colin Livingston joins us uh, once again. Call, how you doing, my Matt? Oh, you know, I've been a little bit better, but uh, shaking it off. Uh, I guess uh, twenty-four hour COVID after a super spreader event on the weekend, and uh, um, you know, finally, finally feeling a little bit human again. Okay, well, uh, hey, that's all right. Uh, good to hear. Nothing uh, crazy now. Um, let's get to F1 because uh, the gentleman who has raced the most laps in F1 history, Mr. Uh, Alfonso, uh, is saying that, you know, the qualifying format needs to change. It isn't working. What do you think? 
Yeah, hundred percent agree with them. Um, qualifying format was implemented um, many, many years ago and several car iterations ago um, in, in an attempt to make qualifying more exciting. Um, the olden days, you know, cars would go out for single lap qualifying. Uh, which really wasn't that exciting. Oh, yeah. um, but what's happened now is the cars have evolved and changed so much that when, you know, now these turbo hybrid cars, you know, they need a lap just to charge the batteries. Right. You know, you can't just go out and, and rip a lap. Um, and, you know, I don't know if you actually watch the race or if you watch qualifying at all from, from Singapore. Oh, but- I watched it. Yeah, I mean, it was a mess. Like, you know, guys trying to queue up to, to, you know, make sure that, you know, first of all, you've got to, you have enough space. Then you want to try and get behind someone you can maybe draft. Then you want to, you know, make sure your battery's charged. But then, you know, there's all this stuff and they're, they're all blocking each other. Um, you know, Verstappen on three different occasions was cited for, for, uh, for block or for impeding, uh, once on pit road, twice on the track. And it's just turning into a total mess. And I, you know, realistically, I don't think it makes anything more exciting. So Alonso really has a good point. And, you know, the, the, you know, I mentioned this several times, but I got to bring it up again. These guys need to learn a little bit from IndyCar though as well, because IndyCar is smart enough that during qualifying, they'll move the start finish line. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be where the start finish line is. They move it to be just before the, the entry to pit road. So when these guys finish a lap, they can just duck right onto pit road and get out of the way. They don't have to do this in lap and, and worry about traffic coming and all that stuff. So, you know, hopefully there's a little bit of common sense that, um, you know, that, that, uh, that can kick in here. Well, the other thing is just, you know, the evolution of, of everything that we have in society. And obviously F1 is, is no different. Um, you know, the flexi wings and the flexi floors. Right. Like it's uh, it's just, you know, for for maybe non motorhead guys that get explain what they are and and what are your thoughts on them? Well, so with the new generation of cars, there was a lot, you know, the the design of the cars totally changed. They went from, you know, designs of the bodies and the wings to create downforce they move to a different style of design that that relies more heavily on ground effect where instead of the cars being pushed down by air they actually get sucked down which maybe doesn't sound all that different but it's a totally different concept along the way though these teams have been really clever with how they've designed their front wings their rear wings and their their floors so that you know I mean, what's cool now is because obviously we have a YouTube component, so I can actually talk with a bit of my hands. But um, as the as a wing is is not under load, it'll stand straight up. And a lot of these teams have been really clever that at speed, those wings start to fold down. So they have way less drag. You know, you don't want that that force when you're at speed. And the FIAs notice that. And and the you know, with the floors, what it's doing is is the it's basically creating a. a um a radius where um, it gives the teams an advantage at speed. And and now that the FIA started to crack down on it, oddly enough, uh, last weekend, Red Bull went from absolutely dominating almost everything to, you know, almost looking like a, a an eighth or a 10th place team. So, you know, they swear that their car has not been affected by these things at all and that they just missed the setup. But, uh, you know, maybe it's a coincidence, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, I, you know what? I'll be honest. It was, 
It's just nice to see something different in F1, and that's taken nothing away from Max Verstappen. Their team's been dominant. They're full marks for all their victories. But not only were they really not a factor, I, I, you know, when he finished fifth, and that's okay, but, like, the finish with all four cars right there, you had Sainz and Norris from different teams kind of helping each other a little bit as Mercedes had both changed, you know, and then you see Russell, like, Norris hits the wall briefly, just taps it kind of thing, and Russell does the same thing, and... I guess a little bit unlucky. His tire punctures, boom, he smashes into the wall and goes from third place. Now he's out. He gets no points. He was pretty distraught afterwards. But I can't recall the last time you had four cars all within two seconds for the final three, four, five laps of a race call. Like It was magical to watch. Like, I didn't care who won. It was just really exciting to watch. Yeah. And as, as cool as it was, it was also super frustrating You know, for me because it's like Lewis was easily the fastest car on track but couldn't show it because he still had to respect his teammate by the time you know russell was out there was no time to make any kind of move after that point but yeah i mean that's how close these cars are and especially on a track like singapore where there's not a lot of room and it like it's really tight the the areas and the opportunities to pass are far and few between but you know i'm a big advocate that luck has so much to do it's it's such a factor in racing and and unfortunately people usually misunderstand what i say but you don't win because you're lucky but you can't win without luck and that's you know that's encapsulated in that one instance where norris hits the wall and manages to drive away a fraction of a second later russell hits the wall just exactly the same way maybe just a fraction harder he blows out his right rear wheel and ends up in the fence. I mean, one was super lucky. One was super unlucky. They did the exact same thing to very different results. But um, it will be super, super interesting to find out what happens this weekend, um, you know, because, you know, Suzuka is more of a conventional racetrack, one of the greatest racetracks in the world. Um you know, really high speed, great flowing corners. Uh, we'll find out if uh, if Red Bull's really in trouble or um you know, if these other teams have actually caught up a bit. Well, it'll be fascinating to see, right? Because like Red Bull, like Max wasn't really competitive at all. He wasn't, the, he was the one actually, as you mentioned earlier, he had the three infractions called against him. It wasn't like he was getting screwed over in qualifying. He was kind of screwing over the other guys and, and, and probably might have had a strong argument that he might should have been penalized. Although I'm not sure it would have mattered. He wasn't going to win the race based on just how the car was all weekend long. Like it was, it was unique and kind of odd to watch cars passing Red Bull kind of like it was easy, which Red Bull has done to everybody else all season long. So it was at a one-off. That's what will make uh, this weekend exciting. We all know who's going to win the championship, but can, can they at least make the second half of the season kind of exciting to see if, you know, Ferrari now, Sainz has had back-to-back polls. Uh, you know, they're, they're pretty competitive. Mercedes obviously seemingly getting better. Uh, you know, even McLaren, you know, Norris was pretty good. So, and Alonso's always been entertaining to me. I like watching him race for sure. Uh, the, uh, the, the Pinty series is, uh, is wrapping up here in NASCAR, uh, uh, Canada and, uh, barring like a, some sort of travesty with, uh, you know, not getting on the, uh, on the grid. Uh, Trayton, uh, Lapsovich is, is going to be crowned the, uh, the champion this year. Colin, uh, he's had an excellent race. Now he's your, you know, Alex Tagliani's teammate. Um, what's gone better for him just a little bit than Tags this year? They came out of the blocks flying for sure. Um, you know, had, had 
had a great setup. Um, yes, we're under the same stable. We run, you know, uh, same cars, um, you know, during the weekend, we'll maybe go slightly different way than those guys do. But, you know, Trayton just hasn't made any mistakes this year and they haven't had any bad luck. And I, again, I'm not trying to take anything away. He's had a great season, uh, six wins, um, just absolutely killed out here in the West, um, you know, with two wins and a second place finish. Um, you know, uh, last, uh, what was our last race? A Canadian tire, you know, managed to stay out of trouble. Um, but yeah, all, all he technically has to do is take the green flag and, uh, the championships his, which is kind of a really cool thing. Their, their family's been involved in, in racing and in, uh, NASCAR back to Cascar. Uh, his brother, Caden was, uh, was a champion a few years ago. Um, his family, his dad, uh, raced. I mean, we, we have a lot of stories about, uh, some of the incidents between, uh, Alex and Jeff over the years uh the father but um you know they've been great teammates they're they're great people and you know um it's it's really exciting for our series to have uh you know i mean a kid i mean trayton's only like you know 21 22 years old i mean he's he's you know a baby um but um you know I, I, I remember back to, you know, two or three two years ago the last race this race that we're doing here uh, this weekend at delaware um, he was in a position to win his first ever race and it came down to the last couple of laps. He, he went wide. DJ got underneath him. DJ Cannington. He came down onto DJ spun out, was really pissed off. And DJ said like, listen, kid, you know, you were going to win a ton of races. The hole was there. I had to take it. It's not like I drove into you and knocked you out of the way. You know, I think you'll see in time. And, you know, DJ, uh, God bless him, was 100% right that here we are less than two years later from the kid's first season, and he's he's going to be crowned a, a Pinty Series champion. So, um, you know, really looking forward to it, though. Is he going to be the youngest champion ever at 21? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Trayton or sorry, Caden was, was fairly young when he won his. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me to, to confirm that, but, okay. um, you know, Trayton is, is basically at the age that, um, you know, he should be competing for rookie of the year and, and he's going to get the, uh, the big, the big trophy. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's well deserved for him. And, and any sport you need the young up and comers. You want kind of that next wave. It doesn't mean the old guys are ready to just hand it to them, but, uh, it's nice to have a next generation coming in in any sport. And uh, he obviously looks like one of those top guys in the uh, Pinty series. Uh, Calm. Hope you feel better, man. Uh, enjoy the final weekend and, uh, we'll be interested about that and also to see kind of can Red Bull bounce back or. Is the race going to be a little bit more competitive? We'll find out in F1 this weekend. Thanks for your time. You bet. Thanks, man. That's Colin Livingston in the uh, racing report brought to you by Cantork. Of course, uh, every Thursday uh, we go inside the uh, the racing world with Colin. Uh, we've done it for many years. It's a lot of fun. Uh, he's obviously part of the Tagliani crew and in Pinty, so he has that. He, he's like he's a massive Motorhead guy. Watches all the races, talks to all of them. Has been in pit row on pretty much uh, every big race around, any five hundred and everything else. So it's a wealth of knowledge to have him on uh, when we want to talk a little racing. Uh, coming up at four twenty today, Doug Waite will be inducted into the Oilers Hall of Fame. On Thursday, the 26th of October against the New York Rangers, the team that traded him to Edmonton. Maybe some of you don't remember that. Him and Esatikin got traded the day of the game. They literally had their bags just down the hallway switching rooms. It was kind of crazy. So uh, we'll talk to Doug about that uh, unique entrance into the Oilers organization. And then for many years, for, for a whole kind of decade of Oilers fans, Doug Waite was the guy. 
He was their best player. He was their leading scorer, emotional guy. Really, him and his wife got involved in the city. So we'll talk to Doug, and we're going to maybe surprise him with a little special guest. So uh, all that is uh, coming up. But first, Connor Halley and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Do not wait till it conks out, baby. Get one now. No payments for a year. LegacyHeating.ca. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 